In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning. What a day we have in front of us today. The church gives us the great gift of All Saints Day that falls on today, November 1st. This is a day in which we celebrate the good work of God in salvation from the beginning of time to our end, when we come to our end, and then well beyond what happens after that. And we are reminded with all saints that we stand in the presence and share in the glory of God with all of those that have come before and how we will join them one day. Indeed, what a day we have today on All Saints. I wanted to tell this story as we will be looking at both our gospel that Father Joe just read in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, as well as a beautiful picture that we see in Revelation 7. Imagine you have two men that have been given a job at a factory. And they are explained in instruction that their job each is to take part A into part B, connect them, and send them down the line. And that's the, the task that they'll have throughout the entirety of this job. A to B, connect, pass them down. Here is the only difference between the two workers. One of the men has been promised, after you have done that for an entire career, your bonus at the end will be $500. Now the other one is promised, when your time comes after that long career, your bonus will be $30 million. Now can you imagine, you're explaining that, maybe you hear what the other one has been promised, Picture yourself your worker number one, the $500 promise in retirement, and you start, things are going good, you're happy to have a job, A, B, slide it down, A, B, slide it down, and after a while, with $500 promised to you at the end, you might be getting a little bored and be thinking, you know, maybe I want a little bit uh, a different job, maybe I don't want to live my life this way in this kind of a menial uh, existence and work. But can you imagine if you were that second worker, 30 million promised to you after you retire. This is the best job I've ever had. A, B, singing, everything's going good because you have something to look forward to. Well, that type of thing is what we are going to see between Matthew 5 and Revelation 7 today. It promises us through this life of up and down that we have a future hope to look forward to. And because of that, how we will live our lives through all the circumstances of life, we can have that same joy that we have this reward in the end. And it gives us hope for the day-to-day as well as what we are looking forward to. So Matthew 5 as the Beatitudes that we see gives us a kind of beginning. The context of it is Jesus has just called the disciples and he has told them, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Well, that begins to happen as crowds begin to form. And Jesus, he gives, uh, with the crowds not wanting to be a distraction, he pulls those original 12 disciples aside and he takes them to a place where they will not be distracted by those large crowds that are forming. 
And he gives them these beatitudes, the blessed are those that, that we heard Father Joe read. Now we could take each one of them in their selves and do a teaching on each one and do a series. But I think as we have all saints in our context today, what he is setting up for them is he is telling them, as we hear in the final two lines of Matthew 5, if you have accepted this invitation to be disciples of mine and to follow me, you are going to be met with the suffering and the brokenness and the persecution of being followers of mine. And what he does as he's pulling all of those out is saying he introduces a spectrum of persecution and brokenness that they will experience on this side of heaven. And he's, he, from the minimal, he says, there are things in this life that will make us sad and that are hard to watch. To the greatest, in my name, people may speak against you and slander you, and you may even lose your lives and become martyrs for my name. Across the board, there is persecution and brokenness, some minimal and some severe. And, he, and then he challenges them, but your response to this brokenness, when you set your expectations and your sight upon your own heart and then focus those things on the coming kingdom of God, you begin to see things and, and live in a different type of way, in a kingdom type of way. And it will allow your response to this persecution and brokenness that you are going to be walking in, it will allow your response to be a heavenly response grafted to you and given to you by Christ and by God himself. This is what the, the heart of the Beatitudes is telling them. Where do you put your reward? On the things on this side of heaven or on the one who is in heaven? Who do you trust in? This is the very heart of the Beatitudes themselves. And he gives them this way through in the pilgrimage of living life through the ups and downs, through that brokenness and persecution that they will face. We'll fast forward to Revelation 7. And we have this picture of what heaven actually looks like. And I, I liken it to one of my favorite things is when we are allowed to say we are in Jag Stadium downtown. And it doesn't matter what denomination you are, but when the saints of God on this side of heaven come together and are just praising the name of God and the circumstances and the trials of the world just fade away as we focus on who God is and what God has done and continues to do for us all. I love moments like that of worship when the saints just come together. But what we have in Revelation 7 by far is much larger than that. We hear a number that we can't even count. A multitude is there in heaven around the altar praising the name of God. What a beautiful scene. And as we remember those crosses you brought in today that are both outside and some on the wall back here, there are saints that are spoken about in this Revelation 7 that are there with God as we speak that we've never met. There are those loved ones that we miss on this side of heaven, but we have the promise that they are there with God singing in this visual 
that we have where there is no more suffering, no more pain, and everything has been made right because of the Lamb that came and made it that way. And all the saints that are there praising his name. That's what we have in those two scriptures today. The how we live, the Beatitudes, and then that final future hope in which energizes us that $30 million or that final that gives us the hope of where we will be and who we will be with one day. And then the hope we have in the day in and day out. So where does that leave us? Right smack dab in the middle of those two things. I, I talked about how Matthew 5 was a beginning for the disciples, an instruction on what to expect, persecution and suffering and brokenness. And we continue to see that. On Tuesday, you're probably glad that we will learn results of the, this election cycle, but you may have experienced some persecution on a small, minimal side of the scale for what you believe politically. Maybe you've been one that did that to someone else. And maybe as we've seen in the news this week, someone in France in a house of worship lost their life because of an act of terrorism. The same thing that Jesus told them, that spectrum of persecution, suffering, and brokenness, we are dealing with it all the same. Different ways, but it has not gone away on this side of heaven. But it speaks to the both here and now, even for us, and then shows us the future hope that will come for all of us. In Jesus telling them that he didn't just set them up for failure. In saying in the Beatitudes, I give you another command. I give you another command that you can't do in your own power. But what he's saying is you, if you focus on that future hope of the coming kingdom of God in heaven where all those saints are gathered because of the cross, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, you can have a joy in the ups and downs, especially across that spectrum of brokenness and persecution the circumstance and the trial that comes your way, as disciples of Christ, you can have a type of joy because of where you will be one day. And those, those blessing are those as salvation continues to work itself out in you and all around you when you fall short of being a peacemaker, when you fall short of showing others mercy, of being meek and everything that we heard that's what the cross of Christ has done for you. For all of those saints that came before, for us today and well into the future, all of that sin has been dealt with and wiped away, leaving you to grow into the sanctification of becoming the actual image of Christ himself. That is our hope in the day today through that spectrum of brokenness and suffering when persecution rears its ugly head for us. And then one day, we will be with those we've never met. And we will be with those that we miss the most, all there in heaven gathered, singing the Sanctus, which we will say in communion today. It's that part when the spiritual comes down where the altar in heaven is there with those saints, is what we will do here is say, and, the, and it all unites, holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord God of hosts. And that's how we finish. This is all about our pilgrimage, that we are exiles in this life for those to be disciples of Christ and they're about the pilgrimage towards his cross and that cross that changes us and makes us like him. We are on pilgrimage indeed through the brokenness and suffering of this world. But fear not, because of the cross of Christ and his resurrection, we have hope now. And we have that great future hope awaiting us all. All praise, honor, and glory be to the Lamb who made it so for us all. Amen.